This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, welcome everybody to another episode of Forever Bristol City Podcast. It's another of those morning after the night before recordings. Joining me are Neil, Ian and Mark. We witnessed Ashton Gate in dreadful conditions, certainly for part of the game anyway. A final score that read City nil, Sheffield United 1. Um, guys, I'll do what I normally do. No detail, just your thoughts as you walked out the ground. 30 seconds, you first, Neil. Uh... That's, that's <laughs> wonderful, thank you. That's a sense of frustration again. I don't think we played that badly. In a lot of games, we haven't actually played that badly. But eight goals in ten games tells its own story, really. If you don't take the chances, it only takes one error, one mistake, and um, you lose the game. And it's fine margins in a championship, isn't it? How many games have we lost this year by one goal? Yeah, no, that's true. Very much so. Ian, your thoughts on the brief resume of the, the game in 30 seconds? It was a disappointing performance, but all too common. The good thing about our club early in the season is we scored goals and couldn't defend. Now we can't defend and we can't score goals. So we got problems. And uh, Mark, your thoughts? Massive problems. I wouldn't agree. I mean, if, I, I want to say, if you want to see City's identity, there was energy, commitment, fast and fluid possession. It was really on display last night. City threw the kitchen sink, the cupboards and the floor and had it at times. For the most part, City's best performance of the season, despite the result, atrocious weather conditions, appalling refereeing. Yes, City didn't score, but I would rather see us go and play football like that than watch the shithousery on display from Sheffield United and almost career-ending challenges on our players. They can stick it where the sun doesn't shine. Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree with you there. 
uh, Mark, the shithousery that they showed. It just wasn't very nice at all. And we'll talk, I think every, uh, hopefully all, all of us have read, and indeed some of the people are listening, the very good interview that Nigel Pearson did, or thorough interview that Sky Reporter did with Nigel Pearson that was in text form on Sky website. And I, I had some, you know, some high hopes. I was encouraged when I heard that interview, but more of that later. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we are nice Bristol City, you know, and whilst we wouldn't want to watch the shithousery of Sheffield or the somewhat boring, almost Sean, Driscoll, Sean O'Driscoll-esque style of Swansea, but we're better players and therefore more effective, yeah, we got problems, which we'll come on to later. I mean, the starting lineup, I think there was uh, just the one change, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, which was uh, Vyman coming in for Semenyo. Nobody would... Uh, Necessarily disagree with that. The back three kept their uh, kept their shape, uh, kept their positions, which was uh, Tanner, Viner, and um, Campring, who I thought had a decent game last night. Again, uh, no place for Tim Close. One would have thought maybe the manager was tempted to bring him back into the starting lineup, but after his uh, post-match press comments, he called uh, Tim Close out, saying, "Well, he's not being on form much either," as well as saying, "Well, we can't defend." Um, you first, Neil. Uh, the, the 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 opening exchanges. Um, we did take the game to them, and I thought they were shit. To be honest, the couple of people sitting next to me said they expected far more, and I guess you did as well. They just seemed off the pace. They looked like us on a bad day for the opening half hour, didn't they? Well, their their form hasn't been great, David. You know, they, they seven think, prior to last night. That's right. Yeah, one but I think um, in terms of their, I, they were about one one win in six or something like that. Yeah, one in think. seven. One in seven. One in seven was it? Um, so their form hasn't been great, and they needed a result last night. And then, of course, you know they took um, Kedro. He was at Blackburn last year, wasn't they? They took him off after about thirty minutes, didn't they? So Heckenbottom actually realised and made a quite a positive substitution really in yeah. terms of changing it and that freed up Endaya because Endaya up until that stage was having to do quite a lot of covering in his own box yeah. and that freed him up and he became a lot more influential in it it was it was a positive su substitution by them but personally myself we took the game to them yeah got that we played some nice stuff yeah got that but crossing again wasn't it oh. absolutely awful I mean I know Campring, <laughs> but some of his crossing last night, honestly, if all the runners were going to the near post, he was crossing to the back post. Um, I don't know what the cross stats is. I'm sure Ian will tell, tell us, but Christ, you know, apart from maybe the Sykes one when he got to the byline and cut it back across, I can't think of too many crosses in that game that were of any quality whatsoever. Okay. And, all right. and they, they allow us, teams allow us to cross. Yeah. Because they know that we're useless at it. Yeah, no, I mean, just I, I can't disagree with that. Ian, you'll pick up uh, on that point. And I don't know whether you read, Ian, as I did in the uh, press this morning, that Kadra was a player that uh, Pearson said he tried to get on loan from Brighton in the summer, but his agent or whoever, as uh, Pearson put it, advised him to go to uh, Sheffield United. He didn't seem too pleased when he was uh, hauled off in what was clearly a tactical substitution, but I guess you're probably going to be in agreement with most of, most of what Neil said just then. Yeah, I mean, I, we've been talking about the crosses on here for, it seems like, for, forever. Um, and it seems that I don't think the strikers know where to go. You, because you saw with that uh, sights cross at the end, 
Naki Wells is thinking, well, sh- shall I pull off into space and he's going to cut it back? Or shall I go in and he's going to whip it across? And in the end, he picked the wrong option. But I could see how you could do that. Jada Silva's effort on the far post from that was, was pitiful. I mean, the kid's never going to score a goal or get an assist, or very rarely, very, very rarely. The trouble is we've got too many players in the team who don't contribute to goals and assists. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's what Chris, got, somebody was saying on Radio Bristol last night, which you've well, got today, two of them. Yeah. yeah, well, we've got we've got two of them in midfield. Yeah, and Alex Scott, I thought had a, had an excellent game last night, but tell me, what did he did he score? No, nope. did he assist? No, nope. did he create? No, but he, he did a couple of little runs. But he did a couple marks. of little runs. Oh, Sorry, he made some great runs, but he, he did a couple of little runs that were show that were. Shot window runs, I have to say, probably put a little bit of value back on him because, you know, going past... Yeah, but I want to see... I want to see the value in the points table. And so Mark's saying how well we played. How many difficult saves did their goalkeeper have to make all night? None. Yeah. Not one difficult save. Now... You can go on saying that, oh, well, we played well. We put, we, yeah, we played well. Yeah, we did play well. I, I'm not disputing we played well. I thought the first half was better than the second. But the quality, as Nigel Pearson has said himself, the quality isn't there. Yeah, That's the problem. Uh, Semenyo can't buy a goal. Neither can Weinman. Yeah. So it's, it's looking more like last season was a one-off. Well, I, I, so uh, I am uh, genuinely... I've been saying that. I've been, and I'm genuinely concerned. Yeah. All right. And that's the reason that. no one's no one's come in for Alex Scott. Okay. This season, he's played twenty games. Right now, I'm, I'm including the cup games. He's made yeah. twenty appearances. He's picked up eight yellows, not scored a goal. Yeah. Now that's the reason. And in his career with us, he scored four goals. In 54 appearances. That's the other reason that someone's not come in for him. So yeah. we need to turn the... And I want to see him doing more of those mazy dribbling runs because that's how you get penalties and free kicks and yeah. things like that. And But I, I, we've got to see end product. And I'm not picking on Scotty. It's all of them. Matty James, just the same. Yeah. They, no. you, you know, you, the trouble is we relied on our forwards to score all the goals. Yeah. The forwards have dried up. No, they have. Okay, Mark, uh, and well, before we say that, six goals in the last 10 games, it is 14 conceded. Only, I think it's three clubs have conceded more in that period, but then I think it's about another six or seven have conceded the same as us. But Mark, that first half, I think we're all in agreement that that was a bit like Swansea. You know, City looking good, entertaining. Um and a couple of things that I've got out of that was the Scott run that I've already mentioned, but Andy uh, Weimer did hit the bar. But what did you think of his overall contribution other than uh, other than that? Um, I remember we were playing against Sheffield United. They only conceded 16 goals, second best defensive defensive record, and they are pretty resolute. Yes, our, our crossings, crossings poor. We don't need to cross high. If you've got two smaller players, you just need to need to draw out defenders, play it to the back to the edge of the area, get them facing the wrong way, or hit it 
hard across the six yard box, you can be a bit clever. But we, I mean, we had 16 chances. Yeah, only four of them were on target, but we created lots of opportunity. Last night was really about our, as being, you know, goal shy rather than uh, than Sheffield United's Mark, Mark, quality. Mark, hang, sorry, hang on, can you let can you can you let me finish? You've got to let me finish. So it was all about our poor finishing. We hit the we hit we hit the woodwork twice. I mean, Vyman, yeah, he took that shot early on from a great cross from Tanner. What I'm positive about is City's City's approach. It wasn't like Swansea. Swansea, we just sat in. I think we were affected by we were affected by flu. We knew they were a, a, a really an ultra possession based side, and we just sat in and went to hit him on the break. That was a game plan. Last night was completely different. We took the game to Sheffield United and I loved that about us. Our tracking back was great, especially from the likes of Wells, who was coming back and nicking a ball in his own half. Feynman, yeah, he's miss, missing the goals. He had a, a couple of chances last night. The one at the end where it was headed back to him, uh, I think by, uh, was it by by Conway, he didn't. I think McAtee just prevented him from getting a good clean hit. But on any, on a lot of other nights, we would we would have got, we had enough chances to win two games. I think that's more upsetting for me than I uh, than that. It was that one defensive error when we generally defended pretty well and we made it difficult for Sheffield United. And as Dave David said, Kedra came off. And that was Kadra came off because we were overrunning the midfield. They put McAtee on because of that. Heckenbottom said he got the shape wrong completely in the first yeah. half, and that's why he, he that's why he, he hooked him. Yeah. No. Um, Neil, let's get into the second half and the goal. I've looked at it a couple of times now. Um, you know, Pearson's called out Zach and George Tanner both for going for the same ball and a mistake, and we've already discussed that Sharp looked. Looked offside, but you know, it wasn't a worldie on Saturday, but you can't really argue about that. This was another shitty goal to concede, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was quintessential for me a fullback playing in a centre back position going for that ball. You know, really, Tanner, I'm not quite sure what he was thinking in that situation because you stay with your man, don't you? Yeah. You don't double up there if you leave your man to double up. Mm-hmm. Whatever connection he, you know, say Zach got a connection that took out to the edge of the box, you still got Endaya by himself. So you don't leave your man in that situation to double up. And whether there was a shove in the back on Viner that caused him to flick back, I, I, I do think like, uh, what? how many inches on Billy Sharp does Viner have there? Yeah. Quite a few, doesn't he? Oh, God, yeah. And, and it, so it's poor header, whether he got a shove in the back, I'd have to have a look at it, but a poor header by Viner, but compounded by the fact that Tanner's gone in there without any need to go there and has left his man completely free. Yeah. And yeah. and the galling thing is, it's not like Sharp has actually won, won that header and flicked it on for his own player. We set up the goal, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just sort of compounding. Was an assist. It was an assist. Yeah. It assist, assist for Zach. I th- I think with uh, with all of it, I, the problem we have as a as a club, or the issue we have with the club at the moment, is something that's a legacy of last year as well. I know at the end of last season we spoke about the goals and the, not only the goals but the assists by the forwards, the WSM. They were responsible for about sixty five to seventy percent of the assists, 
as well as a significant similar amount, if not more, of the goals. Well, we've done nothing to address that, have we? The the wing backs have probably got what two, three assists between them yeah. on nineteen games. And uh and the midfield have we actually got uh well, Joe Williams, I suppose, at West Brom, but other than that, I'm struggling to think. And then your next top scorer is Atkinson with three, isn't it? Yeah. So if you if for whatever reason you need people to step up and you need people to actually produce, like Ian quite rightly said, with you know, with as a team We've been so reliant on, you know, players like Semenyo and Vyman and and Conway this season to a certain degree and Wales as well. You know, on their day, they can score the goals. But when it's not happening, you need other people in the team to actually contribute. And that's not happening. No, no, no. We're absolutely right. I mean, Ian, the second half, it was, for the most part, played in a bit of a downpour. And, you know, there was a couple of crosses that went flashing across Semenyo. He came on as a sub for Sykes. I'll ask you about that substitution in a moment. Tanner had his drive to hit the post. We had another run from Scott. But, you know, the substitutions, uh, Ian, first one, I think it was on the on the hour, Semenyo coming on for uh, Sykes, which uh, am I right in thinking that that meant Vyman went to right wing back again? Is that right, Ian? Yes, it, it did. And um, Vyman at right wing back, because I think I've said before, is, is it's not a tactic, it's an antic. Um, it worked once ish, uh, with a very, with a, well, a very good goal from Voidman from a very, the luckiest assist in the world from Joe Williams. Um, so no, I don't like it. Uh, I can understand leaving Voidman on the field because he might get you a goal. Um, I thought Sykes was doing okay. Um, I thought De Silva defended well and passed the ball well until he gets anywhere near the penalty area when his head goes. Yes. He, he just has a complete nosebleed and, and brain fade when he gets any uh, in and around the 18-yard box. And I don't know what it is, because if you see sort of his passing last night, he strikes the ball well enough. Um, so I, I'd, have to, I'd have to pass on that one. Um, Do you think we should have had a penalty earlier in the second half? Because there was a challenge... But, yeah, you know, there was a. It, it, it was running it was a push. Ways, yeah, but was it a yeah. pen? Well, I think so. I think it was a push, and I think mm. we could have had one. Uh, certainly, a free kick on the edge of the box in the first half would have definite shove in the back um, on Naki Wells. And but those are the sort of ones you don't get, or sometimes you get them if you're up the top, but you don't if you're down the bottom, which is where we'll soon be if we don't address this falling away uh, in our form. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Pearson's bemoaning the fact that he, he said that Zach Viner is now our most reliable defender and, and admitted that Zach was likely off in the summer. Yeah. Um, so we have got that problem. But as Neil said, what have we done to address a number of problems? Pearson signed eight defenders, uh, but we haven't got a reliable defender. Now, I know that... So, Two are injured, and well, three if you include um, Callas, um, but he didn't sign Callas, so it doesn't bode well. I can't see Callas and Naismith being back until um, after the after World the Cup World break. Cup. No, uh, Atkinson might get back for Watford, but it doesn't sound like he's going to get back for Borough. Borough. 
So, and, he won't, and, he won't fa- and he won't necessarily fancy that. Let's talk about looking forward when we finish wrapping up on a game. And I'll come to uh, yeah. Mark on that. I mean, I, I made the mistake at half-time of saying to the person next to me, I said, oh, referee's all right, isn't he? <laughs> How wrong I was in the second half. But, you know, we gain. We have one substitution, as I've just been discussing here, the menu. But then with 10 minutes to go, and you know because of the shithousery, there's going to be at least five minutes. I predicted seven, and we got eight. But on the 80th minute, the substitution of um, maybe Williams coming on for Matty James has a bit of sense. But Jesus Christ, sorry. Uh, Martin coming on for Naki Wells on a pitch where you want a player that can capitalise on a defender slipping or the ball run through. Pardon my French, everybody, but it was a joke. Absolute bloody joke. What did you think of those uh, substitutions? And City's second-half performance overall, Mark? I think City, they, they, we didn't create as many chances in the second half. Um, the rain poured down. I don't think it helped. I, I can't make Martin a scapegoat because when he came on those last 10 minutes, the number of stoppages was just absolutely ridiculous. The goalkeeper and Dai, uh, Basham, and as well as the foul on the 81st minute on Joe Williams, oh. it was just absolutely endless. So it was more about the impetus being taken out of the game. I think you've got to utilise Martin's strengths, which I don't think are in the air. You need to play the ball to feet and you need runners coming onto him. We just, I don't, we created the chances. But with that stop, start, stop, start in the last 10 minutes, no well, we momentum, momentum was lost. It's very difficult when you, it, the game's totally ruined by that. I mean, I think maybe, maybe an extra minute, uh, on the on the game, obviously with with uh, with the sending off that we'll come on to that that was the final the final blow really. Yeah, but the, it was the appalling appalling time wasting shithouse tactics by Sheffield United that sucked the air out of the game when City wanted to really take it forward. The rain didn't didn't help in in the second half as well. It was absolutely appalling. Couldn't have been, couldn't have helped the players, and City just kept pouring forward. Some you know some of the final balls weren't there. We, like you know we didn't work the keeper enough, but we we you know we threw everything at it. Just it was just one of those things. I'd rather we played with that positivity in most games, and we will get wins. It's not perfect. We you know we we are making defensive mistakes, but you know we will we'll, we will come away with more wins than losses if we play with that positivity. If you keep you know everybody's saying that and watching the form as well. If we play with that positivity, you know I mean will, all, I think we will. If, if, I think if, you get, he got yeah, everything no, out, out the players that he yeah. wanted. It was just that one soft error, but that might have been some of it was maybe. Wow. I think Sharp did ease uh, Viner a little bit. That could be why he headed the ball back. And the main reason for the goal is because uh, is because George Tanner's lost and died. I mean, he's he he doesn't look at him and die just drops back like a good forward does and finds the space. Yeah. But but there you go, contentious offside. We don't get anything from referees. No. But I would rather us play good, clean football than play like those buggers did last night. Sheffield yeah. United. There you go. I agree. Well, let's talk on the, the eight minutes of injury time, and um, we're going to talk about the foul. <laughs> we're going to talk. We got yeah. We're going to talk about the foul, Neil. Um, I mean, look, it was out of frustration. It it was bad. It was a red card. 
No, no what, about the, what about the what about the Williams before I know, that? No, I know. Minute? no, I know, I know that. I mean, I thought, I thought you'd address that one, but yeah, no. I mean, that was the far side, and probably not as many people probably people saw that better on television than than we did. I, I miss that. George Tanner one was right in front of me, and uh, I think it was born out of frustration. The bloke looked he looked like he'd been shot when he went down. But uh, Neil, um, that that sending off incident, straight red. But, oh, goodness me, the referee, what a weak piece of shit he was. Yeah, because he was there. You know, you could see him flash. He looked like that bloke. I'm sure everybody who's listening and the guys joining me here today, remember that film, The Green Mile, with a guy that can heal people or what have you, an horrible little prison officer. You look at that referee when he's got his card out, yeah, after that incident, and he's like that little character in the movie. You just want to... You just want to... <laughs> Well, I, I, I try not to swear. I don't think I've sworn yet. But uh, Neil, we get nothing off of referees, do we? And that bloke is a right was a right twat. Yeah, I mean, Christ, it, it, fair for they were reds. That was a red, Dave. So I'm not talking about Tanners. Yeah, completely born out of frustration. Look, I, I think Pearson's always spoken about us being a nice team and that we're not particularly savvy and that we the gamesmanship element of the, you know, running the clock down at various times and all the rest of what you did is you came up against a team last night that was allowed to do that by the referee. I mean, Basham must have made three or four challenges where he's pulling people down all over the place before it. He did get booked, didn't he? Basham off top of head. Maybe he did, maybe he did. But yeah. certainly their players were told... Anybody going through, pull them down. Anybody going through, pull them down. Yeah. And it just disrupted the entire game. But they defended their lead, didn't they? How often do we actually defend, other than West Brom, really, in terms of that? You know, they hit the woodwork twice, didn't they? And it was, at times, a little bit Alamo-esque. But really, what you saw last night was a team that needed to defend that one goal. And they did it at all costs. And I get what Mark's saying about, you know, we wouldn't want to be a Swansea, that's boring, or we wouldn't want to be a Sheffield United playing with this shithousery and all the rest of it, but they get results. Don't I know, they? And, that, and, and, and that's the, that, that is the thing, you know, and that's got nothing to do with um, the fact that they're a club with parachute payments. You know, you've got a rookie, and that's all he is, Paul Eckenbottom. He failed at Barnsley, if I recall correctly. You got a rookie manager. He's at Leeds as well, though, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I uh, he got he got him he got him promoted. He got he, he got Barnsley promoted. He took enough. over. Yeah. He took over uh, after Johnson. Johnson faced the sack, eight defeats. He came in as assistant manager, then manager. Took him to uh, the JPT, won it, and then the playoffs. They had a flyer. And, uh, yeah, I think he may have come in at Le- uh, Le- went to Scotland as well. I think and and failed. Yeah. All right, but, but look, they were he's... just so boring. Well, no, Awful anti football. The shithousery, you know. Sorry, that, Neil. That is the shithousery. You know, that is the sort of stuff that Neil Warnock is very good at doing with um, bang average players because they had the ball down in the corner flag. Mills has said on here, I think it's from Dave Febbs, but following the Martin substitution on 79 minutes to the game in 99 minutes, 20 minutes playing time, the ball was in play for eight of that, um, or just over eight minutes of that, 20. And then McAtee was down for three minutes, but the referee only added one minute one and a half minutes for that particular uh, 
injury. I mean, the shithousery, uh, Ian, the shithousery and everything, you know, this is where we're not cute at it. This is nice Bristol City, isn't it? Yeah. Well, how long have I been saying we're a manby-pamby club and corporate? How long have I been saying that? And I'm fed up with hearing about positivity, right? Positivity isn't open for the best. And it isn't wishful thinking. Positivity is making something happen. And to pick up on what Mark said earlier on, we didn't have 15 chances. We had 15 shots, three of which were on target. What does that tell you, anyone? Well, they were. The fact we had three on target after 15. Yeah. Lack of quality. Yeah. That's not, that's nothing to do with the referee. It's nothing to do with how Sheffield United played. And if, if I hear shithousery one more time, just stop saying it. When we do it, it's managing the game. But yeah. when somebody else does somebody it to us. Or, in the background. Somebody stop pen clicking. It's keyboard going. When we, when we do it, we're managing the game. Right? But when somebody else does it to us, well, that's terrible. You can't do that. Now, Norwood, coming back to that, should have been sent off. Much higher uh, challenge, not with as much force, I have to say, but much higher challenge on Joe Williams was above his knee, well above his knee. So he should have gone. Uh, If you had VAR, he would have gone because the referee didn't even book him. And because of that, actually, I think they can give him a retrospective red because the referee didn't take any action on the night. I might be wrong. But we, we are mamby-pamby. But once again, it's a little, when people say, well, you know, we haven't got this and we haven't got that, and they've signed 12 players, I think, well, it's a little bit like when Lee Johnson used to bemoan our lack of leaders after he'd signed 72 players. Yeah. And we haven't got any leaders? Well, how about signing a leader then? Wouldn't that be a good idea? I know I don't know anything about football, but, you know, go out. Go out and sign a leader then, if you need a leader. Head on one, find one, do what you do in business. Oh, we haven't got a great salesman. We'll go and head on one. Somebody that works for somebody else. I'm just, I'm getting a little bit... Well, we did, yeah, we did that, we did that. No, we did that, we did that with Cal Naismith. You know, we went out and got a leader, and a leader who, a 10-day injury layoff, is he, gone over a month he, now, he's talking about. He's talking about we haven't got reliable defenders. You honestly telling me Carl Naismith's a reliable defender with the mistakes he's well, made? No, he wasn't. No, not so based got, on when he's been... You've got that unreliability yeah. baked in. Now, he's a good player. I don't dislike Naismith at all as a player. But you can't start bemoaning a lack of reliability. He's bang on about close. So close hasn't been the same player this season as he was last. Um, but I, I think we're getting into that position where he may have to play because obviously with Tanner sending off and the continued absence, it looks like, of the other three centre-backs, unless you bring Joe Lowe in for his debut up at Borough, and I, I wouldn't be against doing that, but unless you bring well, him you in... you've got that very up-and-coming youngster as well, Aurora, isn't it, or something like that, Akore? He's only 17, but... Aroya, you know, Raphael, as as... but... But yeah, yeah, he's a good player. He puts, puts me in mind of Lloyd Kelly, and he is a good player. But That's when right. I... I knew Lowe would be on the bench because 
uh, he didn't play for the under 21s who won a game yesterday. I've uh, I've watched Masengo's goal, cracking finish. It's marvelous what you do when he gets in the box, which he he was doing when he first came to the club. But we've coached that out of him. Yeah. All right, um, Mark. Mark. Yeah. You're, you're, Hello. You're sat, you're, you're sat there patiently. I mean, look. Here we are. All right. That's it. Game. Game's over. Game's over. What was the attendance last night? Anybody? Anybody see it? What was the published? I don't know, but it, I mean, there were lots of there, there, there was. Was yeah, it? there were loads yeah. of gaps. I mean, if you if you looked out of the weather and the wife was trying to to get me to to stay in as well, she said, "Oh, you don't want to go go out in that." There were loads. There was quite a few empty seats. You know, the the, the thought of watching it on Sky in a comfy armchair was probably enough to to keep people. Well, people you know, just I mean, just going back to what Ian's just going back to what Ian said. Ian, I agree with you. It wasn't the shit hours he lost as a game. It was our poor finishing. Yes, we didn't have enough clear cut chances, but I lo- loved the way. That we, we, you know, are attacking positivity because we've got two fullbacks playing centre backs. They, you know, they did want to go out and attack Tanner and uh, and Pring. I mean, and especially in the first half, Pring was quieter in the second half. I mean, if you'd have seen his face, uh, it looked like he'd been running up and down that hill, that hill in Ginningham for uh, you know doing a, doing the Hovis commercials. His face was so red in the first half. Uh, I think his that, face that... was so red in the first half here because he had a recurrence, Mark. Mark, because he had a recurrence of the nosebleed. Oh, he got right. pre-match on Saturday. But he's—I I don't think I've ever had a nosebleed in my life. And I say Touchwood or MDF probably had happened there. But some people get spontaneous nosebleeds. You have one on Saturday, apparently. Yeah. And last night he was again. It was over my side when they were attacking the Atio. He had. Cotton wool, uh, not cotton. Well, yeah, cut tissues hanging out of his nose, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think he, did. he had another nosebleed, so that might have been apology. Why apolo- face, apologies, that might have been why his face looked red. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a puce cutter. Um, yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that. Sorry, sorry, Cam. If you're listening, if you are listening, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. But um, we just we did we did miss that quality. I won't argue with that. If you're playing with wing backs, they don't just have to kick crosses into the box high. You know, if you've got two smaller players, you need to get those players in behind. I think Naki Wells have been a revelation for us this season. Yeah. But the the quality of the ball's got to be better. I see us finishing mid-table. I don't see us getting relegated, but we're going to have more annoying conversations like this because City's form is going to go up and down like a roller coaster. What's going to be good is the form of the younger players. Um, If Alex Scott shows the confidence to take on players like he did last night, if he can just, I mean, he lo- I think he, he lost control at the end of both moves and his head went down, you know, where he beaten three players running at running. And he across. got flattened as well uh, in a very rough challenge as well. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we, we will, <coughs> you know, we, we, we're going to play some good football and we, you know, things, things will if, change. Well, it's if, just if, those defensive if mistakes. Like we did in the first half of both the last two games, yeah. we win more than we lose. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. the bad well, players so- put the ball in the back of the net. If what's um, what's going to make it? What's going to make it change, Mark? I think we got to make uh, quality of the crossing. Uh, you know, and, and where is that going to come from, mate? Well, it's gonna it's gonna be that uh, that perhaps when we when we when we send the centre backs up, if if they're supported by the wing backs, the ball gets played back and in yeah, but... and inside and inside the centre backs rather than just aimlessly crossing so, it. So crossing the wing it backs. So, assuming that we train during the week on on well, things like so. 
like um, crosses, okay? You're telling me the same two guys who have got a couple of assists and no goals in uh, 19 games are suddenly going to start crossing the ball properly and we're going to start putting the ball in the net. Well, I don't personally. I see if Atkinson come back, comes back. I'd like to see Cam Pring his left wing back. Yeah. So, would so I, I think I think he'd be there. I think Obviously, everybody would agree with he, that. He and Jay De Silva got him got improved improved their crossing. But I love I love uh, the fact that uh, that Cam's more direct. I yeah. thought he was great at left centre back on Saturday. That's not his natural position. But I see him as more of a direct player, perhaps in the more little a little role as left his wing back. But both wing backs have got have got to be able to have got to be able to shoot. Right. I mean, that's what the likes of Joe Bryan did. You know, hit across the ball, getting behind defenders, hit across the ball, and and they they got to have right. some shots. Jade Silver's never going to score in a month of Sundays, is he? Unless, Unless he gets a fluky one. He scored. Like he, he scored from a miss it cross, and yeah. the other one I think was from two yards out against Huddersfield. He yeah. just there's no belief, no right. conviction, unfortunately. Neil, um, I'm sat here looking at the league table. Uh, we're bottom of the form table. Uh, West Brom have gone above us with their win last night. We've played 19 games. Every club beneath us has either played one or two games fewer. Two have played three games fewer than we have. We're sat there on 19 points. Sorry, we're sat there on 22 points. Uh, 22nd is uh, 19. That's uh, Wigan. Uh, West Brom under a new manager, Corboran. We've got Middlesbrough on Saturday, uh, Carrick's first home game. They got a 3-1 win at Hull. Um, Pearson said, uh, I think in that interview, that he gave the players a challenge that going into the World Cup break, they'd be in the top six. I can see it's highly feasible. Nil point from the next two games and maybe redeemed by Cup success against Lincoln. But nil point from the next two games, well, they've got themselves potentially in the bottom three. Or am I being overly pessimistic with that assessment of chances in the next two games? So, is the question chances in the next two games, or is it the question are we going well, to be in the bottom be, three? Well, there, I think if we lost the next two games, we probably could be. I, don't, I, I agree with Mark right here, right now. It's a bit premature, but we're in a relegate. We're looking over our shoulders. That's the image that I'm going to put. I, th- I think the championship this season is a bizarre league. Dave. Yeah. I think it's three from three from twelve, isn't it? Anybody in that bottom half of the table at any given time could get sucked in. I, th- I think it's probably still the case. How many points between the relegation zone to the playoffs? Not very uh, much. A couple, couple of wings. Nine. Nine is it? Yeah. So three points can take you probably still up four or five places, yeah. Yeah, um, haven't got yeah, to take you up a lot further than that. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, if you go below eleventh, right? If Reading are in eleventh on twenty six, then there's a three point gap. Birmingham are twelfth on twenty three, so there's four points separating Birmingham in twelfth and Wigan in twenty second. So there's four points. Yeah. There separating. we go. Yeah. Crazy league, isn't it? Crazy league. Even uh, even on a match day, I mean, we've always spoken about fine margins. I think one of the things that Pearson is, drives Pearson absolutely mad is the games where, you know, we should get a draw and we lose. And just one point in those games makes a huge <clears throat> difference in a league table, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, m- moving forward, look. We go. This break is probably going to happen for us actually at the right time, isn't it? 
Well, the right really, time because we're, we're playing shit. The, the right time we're because we're playing shit. Tables. Yeah, but the right I mean, time. That, because, sorry, sorry, Neil. The right yeah, time well, because we're playing shit. But actually, what are we like when shit. we come back? Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think no, last night. One of, no, one I'm of, wrong. One of I'm the wrong. things. No, last we're night, not playing David. great. Fantastic, but we're not playing. Sorry, Neil. No, no, you're right. Sorry, go on, Neil. You carry on. One of the things last night that was marked that we haven't mentioned when Semenya came on with that shot. Now. You know, we are. If we go back to the bad old days of two, three years ago, when there would literally be a huge applause around the ground if we had a shot on target, or even if we had a shot. You know, nowadays we are creating chances, and Semenyo on form would put that away, wouldn't he? And then we'd be one-one and all the rest of it. At the moment, nobody's really doing it out front, and we've already mentioned about the fact that. Nobody else is stepping up in the team really um, to to help them out in that situation. But it is fine lines. I mean, we could come back and um, we could get a result at home at Watford or after the World Cup, we could win two or three games and then suddenly somebody's going down with 50 points this year, aren't they? Yeah. What, whatever happens, we know that the relegation is going to go right to the end of the season. We haven't got any clusters this year in terms of points deductions and all the rest of it that we can rely on. Um, For me, the big differential with the team, and I know we spoke about before, is the summer. And obviously the summer affords us the opportunity to get a significant amount off the wage bill. And if Pearson's still here or whoever is still here next year, it gives them the opportunity to reshape a team. Up until then, we've been talking about free transfers, really, aren't we? And we've been well, buying players in from League Two and League One and and all the rest of it. And it, it just we need to get to this. I don't care realistically where we finish in the league this year. I really don't. As long as we don't go down. Okay. Well, if, 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 you, if you if you look at the players that we're keeping for next year, the ones with options, and you know that's for a separate a separate podcast. But we can keep the nucleus of a fairly decent side. Get rid of a lot of the top owners and change from fundamentals. The one thing I will say, leading on from what Ian was saying about the wing-back, for me, I think you've got to be looking at the loan market in because you've, if you're going to be playing with wing-backs and they're so ineffectual, what what are you hoping is going to change? Mark, Ian's entirely right. What, what are you hoping is going to change? You're not going to seriously turn around and say, oh, De Silva's had a good week in training. His crossing's going to be immense next week or... He's going to start shooting with the, with, the, with the right side of his foot, with the yeah. outside of his foot in those situations, rather than continuously shooting with the inside of his foot that just drags the ball past. We've been watching that for three and a half years now with De Silva, haven't we? The same drag past that post. You know, things aren't going to change. The only way we affect change is by making some positive decisions, I think, as a board. So, for me... More than anything else, the wing-back positions. If Kane Wilson's not going to be back until February or whatever like that, even if he is going to be able to step up, and of course he's struggled. Both sides, Dave, both sides. If we're going to be playing with wing-backs, Christ, we need an upgrade in both positions. Pring is a natural on the left wing. When he came on the left wing-back, when he came on against Millwall, he made a difference, didn't he? For me, at least. he did. You know, for for that cross, driving that cross in for the own goal. That's the type of thing that you're just not going to see from De Silva. Getting that ball in, 
he would have got there and probably lofted it to the back post or something like that. I, I'm at a loss as to how we are going to move forward and get back to what we are doing well, playing with the wing-backs. Because there's no competition, is there? Oh, right. so Sykes, Sykes, Sykes must be there each week. Yeah. There's a bit of feedback coming there. Each there. Week Somebody can turn their speaker up. That's it. It's gone there. Whoever did something, yeah. you stopped it. I mean, I mean, look, you're saying what you're saying there, Neil. There's, there's contra- it's not contradictory stuff. And before I say what I'm going to say there, no, we're not playing shit because I really enjoyed the first half last night and I really enjoyed the game against Swansea. So that is me being typical knee-jerk from that point of view. But what you're saying there, Neil, is, you know, about the wing-backs, yeah, if they change, and as Ian said a few moments ago, you know, they've had 19 games. It doesn't work, you know. And the system, yeah, I still think that we are lightweight in the middle of the park. And a few people have said on the forum, you know, a midfield of Matty James, Joe Williams and Alex Scott, yeah. We're not going to lose the midfield battle with those, yeah. And I, I, yeah, and you can have a front. I think our best front two at the moment is Wells and Conway, yeah. So that's your, f- and, and then how you organise it from there, because you know, is it beca- does it become a five-three-two or whatever? But midfield, we seem to be losing out all the time. And what is going to change now? We might play like we did in the first half at Middlesbrough and put a couple of those chances away. And I'd love it if we did that. I'd absolutely love that. And I'd love us to beat Slavon Bilic's Watford at home. And I'd love it if we beat Lincoln. Yeah, I always want us to win. But Mel, my partner, said to me, when I woke up this morning, she said, I've never seen you so disappointed after a game as you were after last night. You know, and she was tempting me to say, don't go because of the weather, like uh, you had, uh, uh, Mark, your other half saying. And <laughs> yeah. I did have my pumpkin really want pie. The work done I did have my pumpkin pie, but it wasn't till quarter past ten when I got home. Yeah, but I. Felt... Not, that's not a euphemism, is it? No, that's, it's not. That, it's real no, pumpkin no, pie. It's not, a, it's not a Keith Curlyism either. After what he said, it was <laughs> yeah. Anybody sees that? Yo, yeah, that was, that was brilliant. But I, I was depressed because there was so much that was good about last night. There was so much that was good, but it's the same old stuff the same old problems and Ian says quite often Pearson tells everyone what the problems is but where's the solutions and as you said 12 players signed eight defenders okay players are injured Ian I'll come to you first on the Pearson interview because I circulated that it was tucked away on Sky it was on Twitter as well but it wasn't the most high profile thing but it was the most thorough interview that he'd given talking about nice place nice Bristol City, nice club, nice ground, nice training ground, lovely place to live. Nice, 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 nice. I sound like the Ionos ad there, don't I? Um, what, what would you be wanting Pearson to do, Ian, over the World Cup break? Because it's a, it's like a mini pre-season for us. And do you have the confidence in him to make the changes that make the ifs become actuals? Well, I've got no alternative but to hope that he can. If you say if you've got a clear expectation, he will. I'm The way I see it is, had he been able to do it, he would have done it already. And, and him and his coaches. It's like this thing with the wing-backs, and Neil's 100% correct in, in what he said. Well, I have to say that because he agreed with me. But, it, yeah, they're not suddenly going to improve after many years. I mean, this league this year is winnable. And I don't mean we could finish top. 
but we could certainly get in the playoffs. Now, why do I say that? It's because it's average. Yeah. Sheffield United are in third place. I thought they were crap yeah. last night. Right? They're in third place. We were better than them last night. And for large parts, particularly the first half, we were better than Swansea, who were also up there. Um, and we've also beaten Blackburn at Blackburn. So it's a winnable And we played league. well Next at season. Norwich. And we played well at, yeah. and we played well at well, Norwich. Yeah, but, yeah. All right. Well, hang on. We lost. Now, that's because we haven't got reliable defenders. And the, one of the guys that Pearson's talking about bringing back, Naismith, was the guy that pretty much lost us the game at Norwich. Now, so it's the winnable league. Let's get out of the way. Um, in the summer, we need to be in the Skybet Championship. And at the moment, we're three points clear of the final relegation place. Um, but Wigan, who are there, have two games in hand. So we we need to get something out of the next two league games before the break. Otherwise, the pressure is going to be on. And I think that's not going to be a great time for some managers. I think Pearson will be all right because there's no real will down there to provide he can keep us in the championship. There's, there's no people can talk about promotion. In it. There's no real will down there in the boardroom for us. It'll be almost an accident if we were to do well in get getting the playoffs. Um, so, and the strategy on signing people in the summer will continue. Richard Gould confirmed where we'll be shopping. We're not, you know, we're going to be shopping in Best Buy and Pound Stretcher. We're not going to be shopping at Arrods anymore um, unless we sell. And the fact that we can, somebody switch their mic off. I'm getting feedback. Um, I'm and unless we sell and the, looking at the players now forget your 20 millions uh, unless we sell and even then when we sell only a proportion of that money and this is all being confirmed by Richard Gould will be available to spend and we knew it anyway but I mean it's good of him to put it in black and white so that's where we are so you're going to need someone who can improve the players and, and work on them um, but th there has to be the raw material there now okay I hope youngsters come through I hope Callas, Naismith and Atkinson are all back after the uh, World Cup break they should be or there's something seriously seriously wrong with our, our diagnosis of illness and injuries um, but Atkinson had a bad time with Covid so I'm not expecting to see him run out at, at Borough. Uh, I hope he does. Ian, so in, fairness, in fairness as well on that, Pearson in the press conference almost alluded to the fact that, you know, he's not sure whether Atkinson will be back. Yeah, so if Atkinson's had a bout of flu or something, his, his inner strength probably isn't as good as it well, might be look because at, of what look you at Dave, next, to, to just let me complete the point, I'll shut up then. Next season, and this is why I'm saying this season is a great opportunity, Next season, currently in the relegation positions, we could be playing Leicester City, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Nottingham Forest. Mm. Right. So is next season going to be more difficult or easier? And Ipswich, Derby and Sheffield Wednesday coming up, potentially. Could be. Could be. So I'm sorry, but this is a fantastic opportunity. We're not a million miles away from the playoffs. It's about six points, isn't it? Yeah. We we have to we have to seek grasp the nettle. We've got to do it. 
and whatever it takes. Because if we don't, then, well, we could go down this season, but uh, I'd, I'd, I'd fear for next season because I've said before, I haven't got a lot of faith in, in our recruitment, no. however we do it. I'm really we're sorry. In. I wish I could say different. Yeah, but we're, that's, that's we're, how we're all being helpful. I think, you know, Neil made the point, you know, like this season, um, it's, you know, he's happy to stay in the division. So it's another season of consolidation. Ian's saying, you know, we could scrape in the playoffs, which we could. I'm more in the, we'll be happy to stay in this division because I don't see any time soon us getting back that form that we displayed. Literally, it was over about a six-week period, end of August, beginning of September. It wasn't even the beginning of September uh, because of the, the, the Queen's uh, passing. But, you know, we were... I, I was full of enthusiasm there and yeah, you know, it's all been shot to pieces. Yeah. Um, Mark, uh, your, your thoughts on, you know, should we be looking over our shoulders now or should we be being bullish and thinking, yeah, we'll turn it round. Yeah. Cause we could, you know, I think the viewers and the, the other guys that we could slip back into the good form as easily as we slipped out of it. <laughs> well, with that, with things that close, you're always looking in a rear view mirror, but, um, you know, like you've all said, there's got to be changes I'd, um, on the flanks. The, the big conundrum's Naismith. Where do you put Naismith? I don't think he, in his career he's played uh, as a linchpin, you know, in, in, in the centre of, of, of a back three. I would when we when uh, after you know the next couple of games or after the break, I'd like to see Tanner and Pring as wing backs. Now Tanner can strike a ball. We saw that last night. He can hit a clean ball. You know whether he gets he can get crosses in is is another matter. But they they would be good defensively as well. But where do you put Naismith? Has he played left centre back before? That's Atkinson's position. Uh, could he play if he play a back four? Could he play as a uh, you know as a holding midfield player? He brings the ball out well, no question about that. Except when he's playing the ball into traffic, he certainly carries attacks forwards. Certainly good at set pieces. It's just you know lacks when when trying to when trying to force play. But he's he's the big issue for me because he's not a linchpin of a central defence. He, no. He's never done that well, look, in his career, assume, but he's got other attributes. Yeah, if I can engage with you on this, Mark, I totally agree with you that, you know, Tanner, Tanner's done enough for me, and we're not going to see him again before the World Cup. Tanner's done enough for me for the to have, give him a run at right wing back, yeah? And yeah. Pring on the left. I agree with that. And then everybody being fit, right? Your central back three, in theory, should be, well, any three from... Callas, Viner's earned his place in there now, Close and Atkinson. So it's only three from four. Yeah. And I don't know who, right. So the only place you can accommodate Naismith is in the middle. Yeah. Which means, you know, if Scott is there, do you have a midfielder, Scott and Jet? I think if you had Scott, James Stroke, James or Williams and Naismith, yeah, that looks okay to me. Then you're left with a choice of just two up front from Conway, Semenyo, Wells and Vyman. And I'm excluding Chris Martin because I think he's finished, to be honest, yeah, despite the manager's faith in him. I, I think that's the only place where we can accommodate Naismith, unless the manager changes the shape. And he's shown no, indi no indication of doing that. So what do you say, Mark, to, to that, you know, Naismith in, in, in the middle some shape or form, you know, whether that's in front or whatever. But, you know, 
it puts that extra person in midfield and then keeps the defensive line that he seems to want to play. Yeah, I think he's got to play in in, in front of. It's, it's going to be a free. I mean, it's going to be a free with with um, with Pearson. He's he's not going to shift from that. So, the wing backs have got to be more effective. But where do you accommodate Naismith? I can't see any him play anywhere else from mid, from midfield. He does carry the ball forward so well. Yeah. Um, you know, tackles tackles back. Some he gets the wrong side of the ball sometimes. Um, but you've got you've got to try and accommodate him because I think he's a good he's a good presence on the right. pitch. All it's right. just it is is def, it's defending that's a problem. Right. But will 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 Pearson go for that? He he could play that against Lincoln. Could be a good chance to experiment. I think it'll also be a chance to experiment with the likes of Josh Lowe and Kaji. You've got to give those two a try because really, you know, wait, waiting until January to bring players in, you know, you really need to see if you're going you to don't... get value out of those two players. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kaji looks like crazy legs craned, doesn't he? He's, he's, all, he's all legs. But I'd love to see him, you know, love to see him get a run in the team because we're, we are going to be shopping down, you know, going to be shopping in, in League One and League Two. It's going to be free Again. transfers, Again. little gems. Again. But, I mean, the likes of Peterborough have been doing this for years. There's other clubs out there. They've been doing this this fear, of, you know, moulding, you know, getting little nuggets, good scouting networks, and then sending them on for years. It is possible. It is, uh, which is, is what possible. we've done as well, to a point. Yeah. Okay, just to just to wrap up, that's that's interesting point there, Neil. Just final comment from you on that. I mean, you know, post World Cup, you know, everybody's in theory fit. Um, how do you? Where does Naismith fit into your team? Assuming that he's a must-start player because he was our, although he was a free, he was our marquee signing in the summer. Where does he fit in your team? Left wing back. Okay, all right. As, uh, he's played. He's played as a winger before. Yeah. I think he gives you drive going forward. You have him on the pitch for his passing, his crossing, and his shooting. I think he gives you another option there. I agree. So that's, I that's, that's tough luck on. So how, how often it, did he play? How often did he play there, Neil? He like has played as a left that. winger. He has played as a left winger, Mark. Which is how, where, who was that? And who who for? No, just Wigan. I'm just interested. No, Wigan. Oh right. Okay. So, so I, I, I agree with that. I'd have him on the field. I think you know you miss his passing, you miss his uh, crossing, um, and there was quite a few goals at the start of the season with the ball coming out to the left hand side and him whipping a ball in from the left hand side. Okay. I think if our crossing is going to continue to be so abhorrently bad throughout the whole of the season, you want to have your best right. crosser of the ball in a position where he can do those crosses, and right. I just see him at left wing back. Okay, I, I I agree with that. So that's putting him at left wing back, which pushes um, Cam one below him, and it's then on that basis is bye bye Jada Silva. Yeah. Yes. That, that that and I don't think any of us would entirely disagree with that because he's probably a nice chap and he's a decent little footballer. But you know that's how you get Naismith in the team and retain the shape that the manager does not appear to want to deviate from. That's great, Neil. Appreciate that. Ian, finally from you on that point, with Naismith, you know, we're playing Rotherham. We take the first game back after the World Cup. Naismith is a starter because everybody's fit. Where does he fit in your lineup? Well, uh, he, he can play left wing back, but I might prefer Cam Pring there. He could play left centre back. You could move Atco into the middle and play Zach Viner at right centre-back. Although, to, to add a conundrum, I think Zach's looked better playing 
in the middle of the back three rather than on the right-hand side. Um, I think the last two games, okay, I know he, he got the flick on for the goal last night, but the guy was offside and he did push him in the back. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought he's looked great. I thought he he's, been, is, he's turned into the 100th appearance last night as well, Ian, apparently. Well, so, he uh, said he was our, uh, Pearson said he was our most reliable defender, uh, followed by, and there, so there you go. So it's not I, easy I, to get praise out of Pearson, is it, Ian? No, and and he's uh, and, it, and then he sort of damns you with faint praise, and because you then have to say, and and he was off in the summer. Um, <laughs> so I, I look, I, I need to know. I want us to improve because I genuinely believe what I think we've got a real chance of finishing in the top six if we can get our act together. And barring bar injuries, injuries will kill it. Uh, because we've still got a very small squad. And I agree with, with uh, what Mark said about uh, seeing uh, Joe Lowe against, um, Joe Lowe, against sorry. Lincoln. Because that, that Lincoln uh, game could be something that could give us a lift or it could be a ripe banana skin. Mm. Um, so let, let's hope, you know, I hope we do play it and, and give some of the youngsters a chance, not too many, but, uh, but win the game as well. Um, and, and let's see how uh, Lowe does. Cause he, I think he's. I'm right in saying he's the tallest centre back at the club. And when they had a yeah. pre-season photograph, he absolutely towered over Pearson. And Pearson's not a midget. No, um, he looked. He looked a lump. He looked yeah. a lump. Okay, guys, look, we're and and listeners will be covering the uh, Middlesbrough game. Our post-match verdict will be six o'clock on Saturday evening, and then this time next week we'll be covering. Uh, the Lincoln game, because that's being played on a Tuesday night as well. And then the final game before the World Cup, uh, Watford, uh, that'll be our Sunday brunch uh, type recording at 10 o'clock. Apologies for anybody who thought we were on at 10 o'clock as per the uh, posting on Twitter that Ian and I both tried to correct, well, did correct saying it was 9.30, but the link said 10. So apologies if you missed the first half, but you can always download it from Podbean or all the usual platforms. But uh, Ian, one more thing, David. Go on. <laughs> Can we just make quick predictions for the next two games? Very quickly, I'm going to say four points. We're not Middlesbrough. Right. Point against Watford at home. All right, you said four. Neil? Oh, six points all the way, David. Ian? <laughs> From Mr Sutton, thank you. I'd settle, <laughs> I'd settle for two, and I think we'd be lucky to get two. Sadly, I think it's going to be nil point. But there we uh, go. All right, guys, look, it's t- time for uh, most of us to go uh, back to work in some shape or form. Neil, Ian and Mark, thank you for your contribution. Thank you for those. Thanks all. Stay safe. trouble to listen. And uh, have, a good re- have a good rest of the week, everybody. And goodbye for yeah. that. God bless yeah, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care, yeah. Take care. everybody. Bye. Wherever you are. Bye-bye. Going to put my cares in a whistle. Load them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours. 
and out. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins out, ba ba bobbing along. Red Robin come bob bob bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if vibe and blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.